Philip II chose Madrid as his capital in 1561. In the Middle Ages, it was a small Castilian town of little significance, but in subsequent decades, it grew into a nerve center nestled within a mighty empire. Narrow streets, houses, and medieval churches began to grow on the higher ground behind the old Arab Alcazar, a fortress later replaced by a Gothic palace in the 15th century. When this burned down in 1734, it was replaced by the Palacio Real to house the nobility. By the end of the 20th century, the population had tripled from its original 20,000 count. During the 16th century, the city was known as the Madrid de los Austrias, after the reigning Habsburg dynasty. It was during this era that monasteries, churches, and private palaces were built. The Puerto del Sol, Gate of the Sun, is a popular meeting place to this day, as the city's center square, with a bell tower that peels its chimes every new year for the custom of eating 12 grapes, one grape with each toll, to ensure a prosperous year ahead. The streets of modern Madrid resemble the sophisticated familiarity of New York City. Shops, restaurants, and a well-dressed population bustle to destinations that keep their Spanish lives vibrant with both culture and career. Craving a bowl of bulltail stew, partridge with black ham and potatoes, or a sizzling cast iron serving of paella with prawns and artichoke? The food is ever varied and diverse, and easily accessible on the city blocks. The cafe culture flourishes here, and Spanish people love to spend time socializing over lunch at 3 o'clock or a wide variety of tapas, traditional small plates of food, at around 10 p.m. Madrid's restaurants and cafes hold a notable history of writers, poets, and journalists, where they still continue to meet and break bread together. The tradition of cuisine and conversation easily dates back to Cervantes, who authored what's considered the first European novel, Don Quixote. Contemporary writers often meet in a local cafe that our guide, Anna Mercader, describes for us now. Here. And what, can you say the name of the restaurant again, please? Café Gijón, Gran Café Gijón, and it was created in 1888. So since then it's been a kind of info eh, to all the Spanish writers. You still can see many eh, famous writers now eh, have lunch. Really? Uh, oh my goodness. Contemporary, uh, contemporary writers yeah. of Madrid are here yeah. lunching For example, in this very cafe. They're, they're, they're here in Madrid, they live um, two very famous writers. One of them is Javier Marias, oh. um, and his close friends who also a writer, uh, who wrote about a lot about the golden century in Madrid, the 17th century. Um, um, well, you can usually see them here talking and having a coffee. Fantastic. So, yeah. Later on in our journey, we'll be looping back to Madrid for a fantastic surprise. But next, our travels deliver us to the old city of Ronda, nestled in the southern province of Malaga. 
Many writers were attracted to this beautiful city, surrounded by high cliffs, deep, sweeping gorges, the old Arab bridge called Puente Arabe that spans the breathtaking panoramic cliff walls across the Guadalavine River. The brick-laid streets wind around Christian and Muslim architecture. Private homes lined with trees and potted flowers point toward the canyon for an ever-ready, expansive eyeful. This place is the absolute impetus for traditional bullfighting and has hosted the most celebrated personalities, both European and American, in the local stadium and museum, Plaza de Torres. The city of Ronda has also attracted very notable authors. Here, our guide, Teresa Montero, describes the various writers and artists that lived and generated some of their most notable work in this city. In Ronda, Ernest Hemingway was inspired to write his first novel, Name it La Fiesta in Spanish, in English is The Sun is Also Rise. And the last one is The Bloody Summer in 1959. Mm -hmm. And Orson Welles, actor, I don't know if you know that, but he was buried here in Ronda. Orson Welles is buried here at three kilometers from the city in Antonio Ordoñez property. Who was Antonio Ordoñez? one of the most important bullfighters eh, last century. Mm? They were friends, and for that he was buried here. But he was buried in the house, not in the house, in front of the house there is a garden. In the garden there is a well of water. Orson Welles was buried in this well of water mm. in Ordonia's property. This is a joke, eh? It's a cuerpo? the ashes. from George Luis Borges proved a nice summation of our afternoon well spent. He wrote, it is here in Ronda, in the delicate penumbra of blindness, a concave silence of patios, leisure of the jasmine, and the light sound of water, which summoned up memories of deserts. To end an enchanting stop in the town of Ronda, on our way out, we'll go by the Descalzos Viejos Winery and speak with Flavio Solesi about this historical property where he and his partner, Paco Retamero, create some of the most delicious wine in the region. Descalzos Viejos harkens back to the 16th century as a Trinitarian monastery. The Retomero and Salesi families became the owners in 1998, restoring the grounds and buildings while keeping the historical integrity intact. The original gardens, orchards, ponds, and fountains were literally brought back to life by the two families, and the property's pomegranate and orange trees generate edible fruit every season. Most remarkably, in the main room, the original frescoes on the high altar were discovered under layers of limestone as a wonderful surprise during cleaning, despite many centuries of intense summer humidity. These murals depicting the original monastic residents oversee the space where the wine is processed, offering a gentle guard and perhaps an auspicious sign for continued success and production.
The name Descalzos Viejos also holds significance. The Trinitarian Viejos, the elders, would cultivate their lands. Descalzos is added, which means barefoot. And so, from this historical reference, the winery found its name. Here now is partner Flavio Celesi describing how their extraordinary wines are cultivated. We make an orthodox and classic red wine. Yeah. I mean, it is done like it was done 50 years ago, and the natural flavors, natural smells, yeah. everything comes straight from, from the, the grape. Soil. Yes, yes. Mm, soil yeah, and the very grape. interesting. No, no addition of anything. So, uh, all grapes are picked up by hand. No other possibility, and this is the first selection mm. process. If a cluster is not okay, to the ground. Mm. Then we bring them in cases that are uh, about 14 to 20 kilos, depending on the picker. And then uh, with the pickup, we bring it up, and then we drop into a machinery that is, uh, gets rid of the stems. And then we pump up the paste, I mean, uh, the flesh, the juice, skins and the seeds all together into a tank. Then, uh, by natural, by, by, by gravity, the solid part floats on the liquid. This is a, a so-called cap of the, of the wine. And then we make, uh, we use pump to pump up the liquid and make this, this cycle go on uh, two times a day. Uh, this is called, no, 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 this is just to uh, be sure that all the liquid is in contact with the solid part, because ah. this is a process that is called maceration. And, maceration yes, yeah. and then this is where we get the colors, the tannins, the smells. Uh, we let, after um, some days, the fermentation to take place. And the fermentation starts when the temperature is over 18 degrees. Mm -hmm. So, because yeast, if not, doesn't work. So, they start working and basically the fermentation, the alcoholic fermentation is a process when the yeast eats um, sugar and they transform into carbonic and alcohol. And when they don't have more food, they die, they pass away, they come down they, to the bottom of the tank, they precipitate and then we got rid of, get rid of these uh, death yeasts and now we have an alcoholic beverage that is <laughs> in the way to be wine. We are How many varieties wine. of grape did you say? Seven. 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 Okay. Oh, that's great. And then we have uh, Merlot, Tiverdot, Shiraz, Shiraz, Garnacha, Cabernet Sauvignon, Graciano, and Chardonnay. Lovely. After our memorable and tasty visit to Del Scalzo's Viejos Winery, we hit the Spanish Atovia, the highway, once again for our next enchanting stop, the city of Malaga, birthplace of Pablo Picasso, where we'll have another very special Spanish experience. You are listening to The Writer's Voice on WIOX 91.3 Community Radio.